Hey folks, it's Chris with The Human Project. This episode I'm really excited about. We decided to break it up into two parts. This is all about learning. We're going to talk about how do we learn, what gets in the way of us learning, and then how do we overcome that? So listen up for this episode, let us know what you think. Uh, we're excited to dive in a little bit deeper than what we originally intended. And yay, we're discovering stuff, we're learning. Salutations, Mark. <laughs> Greetings, Mr. Chris. <laughs> How's it going? It's good, man. How you doing? I'm well. Good. I'm learning to, to enjoy this. This is good. Learning <laughs> to enjoy. Yeah, so uh, this is the first time we have done a two-part two-part episode, two-part series. A series, yeah. We'll yeah. call it a series. We yeah, don't we'll even know what to call it because right. we're just trying it for the first time. It's brand new. But we got talking about a super, super passion point of ours, which was learning. And it ended up getting sidetracked from what we originally intended. It was a beautiful sidetrack. Yeah. I hesitate to call it a sidetrack. Yeah, it was a true. main track. We got pulled to where God wanted us to get pulled to. Yeah. And talking about how learning ultimately glorifies him. And we mm -hmm. learn about him and experience relationship with him. Yeah. I think we left some stuff on the table, though, mm -hmm. that I think it'd be helpful to go back and articulate and flesh out a little bit further. Yeah. So one of the things that we, when we think about learning, there's all kinds of mediums of how we can learn. So we talked about books. Yeah. It's no surprise. <laughs> we talked about articles. <laughs> I don't think we referenced a specific book though. That oh no, you did. I take it back. Did I? What book did I reference? I don't remember that. Oh. <laughs> we just filmed it. Or, yeah, filmed it thirty minutes ago. I don't remember. <laughs> It was the latest book you referenced. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Have to keep a running tally. Um, but what other ways do people learn? I think a lot of information intake we referenced last time too, like articles are my favorite um, yep. starting point. YouTube videos. Hey, podcasts. Hey. I highly recommend listening to podcasts. Yeah, there's this really great podcast. Is there really? Tell me more. Called The Human Project Podcast. That sounds amazing. It does. It's two buffoons that <laughs> <laughs> just love talking about stuff and people seem to get value out of it. I hear they like to open up cans of worms. <laughs> Sponsored by. <laughs> Sponsored by cans of worms. No, we said we're not going to make that. Oh, I'm sorry. Anymore. I'm sorry. Ignore the cans at work. Okay, so YouTube videos. YouTube videos, podcasts. podcasts um, mis learning from mistakes of others. Okay, mistakes of others. Um, experiences. Experiences ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, community, like wrestling community. through with other people, gaining others' perspectives, and actually having, you know, wrestle a conversation. Yep, we talked about that this. last yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, one that we do a lot is we go in and train. Mm-hmm. Like, Classroom, lecture, you might call formal interaction, training. formal, yeah, formal learning. There you go. That's a good word for it. And all the others, I think, are informal in some way, shape, or form. Tend to be. Oh, there's a continuum. But more formal learning, like sitting in a classroom. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we talk about learning or we talk about training, that tends to leave a bad taste in yeah. a lot of people's mouths. Right. Some person's going to stand up front, talk at me for hours on end. Clicking onto the next slide, I think, is what a lot of people envision with that type of approach. Because that's, uh, that's a common way of training. Yeah. I remember um, in high school, I had a teacher. She was our uh, world history teacher. Mm. And she lived in Germany for a couple years. Okay. And we didn't really enjoy her teaching because it was very much that. Just uh. like 
She had some stories. Yeah. But most of her stories were about her life in Germany. Okay. And then we had tests on all these dates in history. And thankfully, I'm really good at numbers. But okay. most people, like, hated it. Mm-hmm. But I remember we would be able to intentionally distract her because we were trying to avoid the suffering of just going through, reading Another, through the book. Yeah. And we would just ask her about her life in Germany, and then class would be over by the time you know it. (laughs) Wow. Like, did you know that in Germany there's a quiet hour that you have to, like, tie bells together? So, like, any wind chimes or something you have, they can't chime. At least that was the story as told by her. I still remember that. That was the biggest thing I remember from my history (laughs) class. (laughs) Which wasn't in the book that she read to you every day. Yeah. But I think people get a bad taste of that, and then they don't want to ever do formal Mm -hmm. learning. And I know with our professional work, so in organizations and businesses, we do a lot of training and teaching. And then we also do the same thing for our nonprofit, for Equipment Ministries International Mm -hmm. and the Human Project. Yeah. We experience people's, like, it's fun to watch people's experience, I guess is what I would say, as they see a different type of training, as they experience that. Um, and we hear a lot at the end, which is a bit of a weird compliment to hear. It's kind of hard to hear sometimes. People get to the end of class, they're like, this is not at all what I thought this was going to be. Yeah. Like, oh, that's because you thought it was a person reading off slides. So I get you. At the risk of us sounding like we're giving a sales pitch for this. Yeah. I want to make sure that we're not doing that. But I, I want to shift it towards how do human beings learn and how yeah. can they learn in a formal environment? It's like, yeah, the best way we can help people at this point, I think, is to serve as invitation to deeper ways of learning. Yeah, right. And, and, and we do it out of our experience, but we're not saying, hey, come buy a class from us. I mean, we will if you want to come. But, but really, it's an invitation for you yeah. to explore different, deeper ways of learning. Yeah. Or I'm sure we'll also have, like, pastors, teachers, mm-hmm. uh, people that are leading communities. Yeah. This is a great, these are great tools for them Very to be much. able to use in practice. Yes. Um, with their areas of learning and helping people, helping people learn. Cause yeah. we talked about the last episode, just about everything is some form of learning. Right. So there's this, this concept that we really like, uh, and it's called training from back of the room, yeah. which is TBR. We have to make it an acronym cause that's what we do. Yeah. I mean, it, it was used in organizations. So every organization has their acronyms, but one of the things that I, I first heard the name and I'm like, that's a weird name. Like, yeah. You can't train from the back of the room. You have to train from the front of the room. Right. And that's, I think what most people are accustomed to mm-hmm. is like you mentioned slide deck, clicking the next thing, very much like Ben Stein and uh, <laughs> Ferris Bueller's day off. Anyone? Questions. Bueller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in training from back of the room, they talk about these principles of learning and how there needs to be safety first mm-hmm. and foremost for us to learn. Like if we don't, we revert back to showing up in a new situation, which most of the time formal learning is showing up, you're meeting people you haven't met before. Mm-hmm. It's maybe in a space that you haven't been in before. And so how do you invite people in? So they feel safe and then their brains are actually able to form connections without being flooded. Yeah. So that's first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And then there's other brain principles like we learn more when we're we're moving. Physically moving. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of sitting in the same spot for hours listening to somebody lecture at us. Yeah. Yeah. We learn more when we're the ones talking instead of Mm. listening. 
Mm-hmm. So as a, as a learner, when we're talking, we're learning. Yeah. As opposed to just hearing information, that there's studies that have been shown. It's like 90% comes in one ear and out the other. Wow. I want to know how they measured that because sound waves don't tend to come out my ear. So that's, that's another one is mm-hmm. talking beats listening. And then uh, shorter beats longer. Okay. So yeah. like shorter bouts of information we're able to wrestle with and uh, think through it more instead of just hearing the same thing and going in circles. Uh, one of the other principles I think is different beats same. Yes. If we keep doing the same thing over and over again, it's diminishing returns. But if we change something about the way we're doing it, even walking to a different part of the room instead of standing in the front, standing on the side or standing in the back or something, teaching from a diff- slightly different spot, even that makes a big difference in people's ability to absorb information and learn something. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, this principle that if you're doing the same thing over and over again, it's developing a habit and you start to get diminishing returns as far as your knowledge retention. So yeah, changing things up is always really helpful. Um, There's writing Hmm. is a really impactful tool. Writing beats reading. Okay. So if you're actually writing something down, Hmm. you'll tend to, like we talked about the last episode, synthesize things better. Yeah. And then the final one is visuals. Visuals beat words. Okay. Because we as human beings like to uh, analogize. Yeah. That's a word. Analogize information instead of looking at just the words. It's better to see it as a concept. Can I yes and that one? Yeah. What I have experienced in teaching is a visual is very powerful to create a visual. Hmm on the spot, like to draw it, if I can just be really explicit about it, to draw something on the spot. So it's a creative activity while it's being described is so much more powerful yeah. than having the same exact visual on a slide that has animations on it even, like which you would yeah. think would be the same, but there's something that is more memorable because people are experiencing it being created in front of them. They will remember it better. And then what's really intriguing to add to that is that drawings there in the room, if you point back at it, you just literally just like we're standing somewhere and you point, but you remember when we talked about that and you point at the drawing, people are literally, their brains reload all of that experience back in and it's, they can connect back with that point. So there's something about that creative activity in the room too, with the visuals that is like a double, double benefit. Wait, that's a quadruple. Anyway, a lot of benefit. <laughs> yeah, there's, and I think that's the case for all of them. I love that idea of drawing and, and doing that, and which has been a big challenge for me because I have terrible handwriting <laughs> and I am not artistic at all. But it's something that there's there's tools out there like yeah. the Cablo and things that make things really simple for people that could be interested in doing that or using that with their small groups, their, te- uh, their teaching, et cetera, yeah. in order to help shift their paradigm of how they learn. Because mm-hmm. I think... Without those, there's a lot of things that get in our way. Yeah. There's our feeling of over-familiarity, which mm-hmm. we talked about. Oh, yeah. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not being willing to say we don't know something. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's almost like a judgment on ourselves. What other ways have you seen uh, challenges or inhibitors for learning show up? I'll, I'll pull back in something you said earlier, which was um, a safe place, mm-hmm. right? We're trying to create a, uh, an environment that invites people to be vulnerable because it requires a humility or a vulnerability to say, I don't know where I'm still learning or something like yeah. that. And in environments where that is not perceived to be safe to say, people will not learn much. Um, 
So that's that's a key inhibitor for people actually learning is that they can show up and say like, that's interesting. I don't mm -hmm. know. Tell me more about that, which says I don't know fully what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like our need to be seen as the expert yeah. in everything. Right. And that's just not attainable. That's right. just not achievable. Yeah. I've also seen um, people resist learning when right. it is a threat to mm -hmm. their perceived power or something that's a, that's a benefit to them. Right? <laughs> and they will tend to show up, like in a classroom, right? They, would, they will be, tend to show up as the people that might be doing something called stump the chump, where they're trying to throw questions at the instructor to show the instructor, you know, cut the instructor's um, standing yeah. out from under them, um, or just, just generally resist. Um, some people, that's how they learn too, which is intriguing yeah. that they will, the first reaction while they are learning is to resist. And other people use resistance as a way to avoid learning. Yeah. So you never know when it happens to you, but that can get in the way of other people in the room as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting like how much of our value comes from not learning. Our perceived value comes from mm -hmm. not learning. Like we need to stay the same. I'm comfortable with where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Anything that's new that I'm hearing, I might actually have to take action on. Right. And so that's that's scary, especially like when we work with a lot with leaders. Yeah. And we work with a lot of leaders and companies that have been around for a long time. They have hierarchical, rigid structures that decisions go up to the top. And we're asking them to give authority to different levels of the organization. And that's scary for them. Yeah. But I think helping people realize that there's a benefit to learning. Yeah. And not just from facts and figures. Mm -hmm. Of like the research says this, the data says that. There are some people that like that's all they need, yeah. but a lot of it is emotional and being able to practice it and do it. Just like what we talked about last time, like if I am learning more about God, if I'm diving, diving, if I'm diving deeper into what God is calling me to, that's actually better for me. Yeah, and the same is true just with learning in general. We're able to learn new information and we can have a choice. But while we're learning, we can figure out, is this something that I want to do and is it worth the cost? Yeah. And what's the cost of staying the same? Mm -hmm. All of those questions and emotions and all of that right. stuff comes into play. In some senses, uh, to, to pull something back in that you said in the last episode too, learning, I, I think it's okay to say it this strongly, learning requires discomfort. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and the first discomfort is that I see a gap, right? I'm willing to look mm. that gap in the eye. So, mm. you know, in a manner of speaking and say, huh, that's either not what I expected, not what I wanted. Um, don't know what to do with that. Any of those types of things. There is now an opportunity for learning. And, and as instructors, a lot of times that's, those are the moments we are striving to create in, in kind ways, because you can do that in unkind ways, but to do that in kind ways where people have the opportunity to say, huh, that's not what I expected to see. That's uncomfortable. And I'm reminded of uh, Jordan Peterson podcast I was listening to mm, a couple of years ago, I think it was, um, or I, he had, I don't know, an astrophysicist on or something. I was struggling to keep up with the conversation because he's brilliant, his guest was brilliant. Um, and I was just about lost. I was really just about lost when this astrophysicist, like super amazing scientist guy said, so I had this, this theory of blah, 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 blah. Um, and I was so excited because 
I got some results that proved that it was wrong. It was on totally unexpected. Mm. And he sounded genuinely excited by that. And I went, what? <laughs> that doesn't seem logical at all. Yeah. But he was excited because as a scientist, he cared about learning. And he just realized that, and Jordan Peterson challenged him. He's like, why were you excited? About it? Because I realized I was about to learn something because I got unexpected results. Yeah. I love that take of, Knowledge requires discomfort because if we're completely comfortable with the way things are, then there's no need for learning. And I think what's important for the people listening is regardless of whether you're uh, trying to teach a kid something, whether you're trying to work with a group of um, like students, whether you're trying to work with like your community and helping learn, helping build into this thing, these things. I think that's where I want to take this is mm-hmm. let's let's summarize the things we talked about. So yeah. there's principles we yeah. talked about. There's safety. There's inviting people into the discomfort yeah. while balancing the safety. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the hardest things yeah. to do. And I think if you can see that and set people up for that, then it makes the ending spot of any training, any formal learning, and really any informal learning safe. And comfortable because mm-hmm. then you can actually take action on it what about some things just various tactical things that we can recommend um, for people who are trying themselves to engage more in learning or maybe they're leading like you said a bible study a small group uh, they're a leader of some sort um, that they could do to enhance their learning or the learning of the people around them you mean make it actionable? Make it actionable, just like we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Let's put into action what we're talking about. Yeah, I think the biggest one is helping people talk more mm. is the biggest one that I've seen okay. of reduce the amount of time that you're talking and presenting information, give people time to wrestle with it, ask questions, yeah. talk about it, invitations for that. Okay. Um, shorter durations. Yeah. Like we all know those sermons that have gone on way too long and we're like, I checked out 10 minutes ago. Yeah. I simply, even though I, there's sometimes I'll be like, even though I love the topic, right. I love that I am full, my brain's full. Right. I am not absorbing anything else, even though I want to. Yeah. Yeah. And then movement. Okay. It's a big one as well. Mm. Like getting people mm-hmm. up, moving mm-hmm. around helps reduce the um, fatigue and also helps increase oxygen to the brain. I'd say those would be the biggest ones. The... Last thing that I'll invite people into is consider like if you are leading a group of people and you're trying to help them learn, like what's your motivation mm-hmm. with it? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to be seen as the expert or are you trying to help people learn and do something different than what they did before? Right. That's always a really important question to ask. They don't aren't necessarily mutually exclusive and yet one is going to win yeah. in your motivations yep. and therefore show in your, your approach definitely. I would add one is to lead with your own vulnerability. Mm, I appreciate when someone who is teaching me something or leading me through a a learning exercise is vulnerable enough to say like, I messed this up. Here's how I learned this, like share a failure or even just like somehow indicate that I'm on this learning journey with you. I'm not the, I've got it all figured out person. I I'm here learning along with you. I sometimes, when I'm leading a class, I'll make sure that I'm really clear. I will learn a bunch in this class from all of you because I don't know your context. I don't yeah. know your specific situations. Um, and in that sense, I'm more facilitating learning than I am the teacher in the way that we typically think of yep. a teacher. I'm facilitating that. I'm also participating in it. Yeah, that's good. 
the reason why we're so passionate about this stuff is because we've been in that boat of the read off the slides Mm -hmm. (laughs) person. I will impart my knowledge unto you kind of person. And it's really we're helping people make connections. That's, Mm -hmm. I think, the value that we see now. And we've learned that that's really what we care about. So leverage some principles of what we talked about here. Help your people learn better. Uh, Excited to hear what you think. Let us know in the comments. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in today. This podcast is made possible by myself, Chris Conlon, Mark Wavell, and our lead editor, Derek Donnelly. We are a crowdfunded nonprofit. Most of what we do is free because of your generous support. Thank you for joining us on our mission to bring a million lives closer to fullness in God's design. To support us financially or to learn more, visit humanproject.us.